0: I am unashamed. What about you?
1: So, it was one of the podcasts—I don't remember if it was the last one, or the one before—we talked about. You know, Dad doesn't get out much, but he went up to uh, went up to Little Rock and did a book signing at a like a waterfowl uh, convention. So, I think he was at Dad. Yeah, I think you were in the real tree booth, but. So you said something I don't think that made it on on the air, but I've been chuckling about it ever since. You said, you know, for the first time in my life I felt famous
0: and <laughs> and That's that was That's exactly what I I said, good night, I think I'm famous. They I was like? like that. And there was that whole Duck <laughs>
1: Dynasty thing, right? There's that. <laughs> no, well, and I think what it was, Dave, oh, it, was, it was what they were saying, right? I mean, that it's because what's happened is there's been a change from Duck Dynasty fans, which is more kind of about the show and what's si up to and questions like, you know, what's happened with the unashamed audience. There's a depth now because of what we're doing and talking about. And so now the, the comments and questions are about life change, about marriages saved, about, you know,
0: turning, turning and my duck life. Duck hunting, how to duck hunt, how to call ducks was in there. Yeah, because we talk about that on here. I think yep. it's a part yep. of what we do. No, I was, uh, I, I was really surprised. I mean, at the the length of the line that was formed, I just looked and I said, man, alive. You know, I just walked out. Of the curtains in the back just came, got off the street and went in there, and then and they... So we we were in the back there, just sitting on some chairs there behind the sc- curtains. Right. Then we just walked out because an old uh, the the guy McConnell Clay Clay said, "You're not going to believe what's waiting on you." I said, <laughs> "I said what what's that?" So I didn't even know what he was talking about. I was just sitting there thinking, "Well, but we'll go out and sit in a booth, you know, and a few people browse by, but no, this was." This was a mass of humanity. Yeah, yeah, and Clay was uh, generous enough to fly you
1: up there in yep. his plane. He's a he and Martin are hunting buddies, but he's he's also a member at our church, and yep. uh, he's one of our live stream guys. He's a he's a tremendous, good, person. solid brother. Do you know him, uh, Zach. Did you know Clay? Yeah, when you we, were here.
2: Yeah, we've actually talked quite a bit recently because when we wrapped the movie, we had all the movie set stuff that you got to house it somewhere in case you need to do reshoots, and so. He uh, is letting us keep our stuff
1: at in one of his uh, facilities. So yeah I've been talking to Clay yeah. quite a bit lately. Good dude. Yeah his family um, I mean they do a lot of stuff but uh, their main thing is they own some prisons you know, in Louisiana you have uh, private um, entities that will build prisons and then the state you know works with them on you know people because we have a lot of incarceration unfortunately in our state. And so, uh, but obviously, just like everything else, it's the prisons are run much better in the private sector than they are, if, you know, if, if the state is in charge of it or, or the government. So, it's a much better system
0: in play. You know, I've spoken works. at some of his prisons, you know. Yeah, all of wonderful. us have. Yeah, all of us have. I think. Yeah, we have.
3: That's, they're not going to go out of business.
1: Nope. <laughs> <laughs> but you know you've you've heard the term captive audience, Jay's. I mean, you know, when you go there. Of course, that's what dad, first time I we went to Angola, dad, dad he opens up his Bible and he starts reading from Galatians. The whole world is a prisoner of sin. I'll never forget it. And then he goes, and then he said, and you boys get this. <laughs> <laughs> and you just went right into it. And I was there. I mean, it was quieter there, too. They I were told him
0: the truth. I said, you're never going to drive down that road out there that you came in on, Ever. I said you
1: yeah, were. You had the guys. Yeah, we were talking
0: to the, the lifers. Yeah,
3: yeah. Uh, the ones I sp- spoke to for a couple of years, they were in and out. It was like pre
0: senate They told you know? me it was being beamed back on death row back there. Yeah, they were, it was it's going good. to their television. And I just reminded them that you can be under lock and key, but you could still be free. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's yeah. a pr- I that a pre- was a good there,
2: not a preach. Yeah. I, did, yeah, I went to Angola when I ran for Congress. Uh, I did the whole tour. Spent about half a day down there. That place is. I was shocked. You know, you're standing there at one point. I'm standing there. They built
0: their own church building there, you know. They've got several in there. Yeah, Several. They've got a seminary
2: program, I think, uh, through—what's the the Baptist Seminary in New Orleans? It's the New
1: Orleans Baptist Theological Seminary. Yeah. So they have a satellite there. I donated my library, all of my books and commentaries and stuff to the prison because obviously they can't be online, which is where most people study now, so— I still like my old books, but I thought, you know, they'll do a lot better with these guys here. But what they've started doing is when people get transferred, the ones who get transferred to lesser facilities in Angola, uh, they become missionaries and they start churches in these other prisons. Yep. It's really incredible. It's a It's an amazing
0: thing. And it course, gives everybody in the prison system, I mean, it really does. It gives them the only hope that they're ever going to get. Yeah because like you said well, most of them are going to spend their lives
1: that's there that's right but but they they do a lot of good work and it's really amazing cuz so much of what we saw was good you start to think well yeah this is a great place one of the one of the guys the main uh, guy over the guards, he was like, "Well, Phil, there's a lot of bad people here. You just they're they're not out here <laughs> participating." But, yeah. So he's like, he had to remind us that you know there's some people that don't get to get out and come to church and meetings. But it, but and stuff it is like incredible it. what
2: what they've done there. Mm-hmm. Uh, Warden Kane, I think he's gone now, but um, you know he, there's a book. Yeah, right they're second back.
1: generation. Uh, uh, but this guy, this new Isaac, is yeah, he's great too. He's a believer, and you know he's allowed. He's kept things going that that Burl started. Well, the they've been doing this twenty five years.
2: The same thing's happened in, in uh, San Quentin. You know, Bob Goff does a lot of work in San Quentin. So I've, I've got to you know talk with some of the folks over there. And it's pretty interesting to see how God moves in those places. I mean, I, when I was there, I am was standing around in a particular area, about 30 or 40 inmates, and, and there were no guards. And I'm there with the, one of the other wardens um, who was a, a female, and I said, uh, you know, what are, what are all these people in here for? And she said, murder and i was like where <laughs> where are the guards and she said hey, you, you, she's like oh you're safe and and what's weird is is i felt safe and the conversations i had with the inmates i mean i was like man it, it's incredible to see the redemptive work that's that's going on in angola i mean it is I, I left that place like man god is good he is big you
3: know it's pretty incredible i had a similar experience but i didn't feel safe i mean i when i was <laughs> uh, when i went in because I turned around, you know, they had all the doors. You're going, you know, and you're going, well, I had the guards with me the whole way. Yeah. It's like I had an escort. But when we got to the last one we were where we do the little one-hour Bible study, well, the door opened. I walked in because he said, go ahead. And then it started closing. He's on the other side. I said, you're not coming? He said, I ain't going in there. <laughs> Uh-oh. <laughs> I thought. Mm, okay, Let me do the math in my head. Once they attack me, are they gonna have? Because it was taking forever. I'd gone through about four of those doors, and I thought, no, nope, I'm pretty well just out here. It's me, God, and, <laughs> and no the... weapons. <laughs> so, and there was a couple times where I thought because it, it it escalated. Because you know you got to be blunt. I mean it it's a it's a tough. It's a tough conversation with the, oh, with yeah. these guys. I mean, tough it, it, environment. It got oh, I got cussed out, threatened, and you know, I had one guy that I thought he's fixed to hurt me. I mean, he just. But they're just battling, you know, their demons inside of them, and as you go along, but uh, yeah, it definitely wasn't for the faint of heart. <laughs> I mean, I'm glad I did it just because I, I don't think I would have known how hard somebody's heart can get and how. You know, how people can lie so convincingly and even shed tears and just be lying through their teeth. I mean, it kind of toughened me up a little bit with in the real world. Now, look, there were some positive things, too, but you just saw that in that ministry.
1: Right. Oh, yeah. And Well, we talked about it uh, on, one, on a recent podcast about when we were talking about when, Dad, we were talking about you and your life and, and me as well and Zach, uh, that you— Sometimes it takes getting to a bad place with who you are to then realize that you know what this is. This ain't working, and so you can imagine if you wind up in a situation like that where you've you've messed up to the point where you're locked away. If I'd have
0: known then what I know now, I'd have saved myself a lot of trouble. Right.
3: Right. Absolutely. What caused all the problem for me? I've shared this before when I did that. Is you know I wouldn't let them opine on. Theology, because that's what they wanted to do at first. It's like they just thought we're going to come in here and talk about the Bible. And I'm right. like, no. <laughs> Whatever your theology was, this was the end of the road for it. I mean, we're. So you need to reboot. Yeah, shut up and listen. <laughs> well, you know, it just doesn't go. <laughs> it's a tough. But that's my was my whole goal. I mean, I try to you know introduce them to Jesus. I mean, because there's a big difference. I mean, we're fixing to get into Hebrews eleven here. I mean, there's a big difference in knowing about God and knowing God and knowing knowing biblical going to church and being a part of the church. You know, the body of Christ. I mean, and I that's what I saw there. They knew a lot of Bible. Yeah. But well, you got down into their heart, and whether you know God is real in their life, obviously they would come to the same conclusion. Now they have been a million miles away from God. I mean, but they had to reach that point, you know, on their own.
1: It, it, it's hard to debunk years of, of just <laughs> abandoning Religion. Paul yeah. yeah. Well, and it's funny, Jay, as you talk about that, the same, I've approached my teaching when I used to teach more, um, Bible. Cause, cause I was, Bill Smith trained me. And so Bill was the same way as me. I, a lot of guys will teach a Bible class, they'll just kind of throw out some scripture and get a discussion going, and then we'll, you know, chew the fat with it. But my thinking was, I've spent the week or more preparing and digging into this text. So I'm not here to chew the fat. I'm here to lay it out here, what, what God said himself about in this text. So mm-hmm. I, my teaching approach was always that way. I mean, I like discussion in a small group, you know, where people are able to, to share things. But when it comes to teaching, uh, or preaching uh, it, it's yeah, not it's, a group discussion for it's me it's a
2: uh it's it's a whole lot less important of what the scripture means to me but what's more important is what does the scripture mean and i think it's right. been a lot what, what, what what's Isn't, it what, say to me it means yeah i'm like well what it doesn't matter what it means to me what is what's
3: he trying to say here what am i you know, what what, well, what is the message yeah, here i think that's how people get off though they it's, do even today i mean there's this There seems to be just this infatuation, or or whatever you want to call it, with it's like trying to make every put you in every situation in the Bible. It's like you're looking, trying to insert yourself in the modern day, and you're a million miles away from, I guess, the way you know we were taught exegetical preaching, right? Where you're trying to figure out what what does this mean, not not what does this mean to me. And how can I insert myself in here to where it's like, you know, God can help me be a better person or, or, you know, whatever that train of thought is. Cause it seems, it's like, almost like he's some, it's a self help group that God's going to assist me in making me better. And
1: uh, I remember one time I went to a little men's group and, you know, I was just, somebody had asked me to come. And so, so they started and they read a passage. I think it was maybe in Psalms or maybe one of the Psalms and, Then they're that's what they did. They went well. This means this to me. So I listened for about you know ten minutes, and I was like, "So this is all interesting, but everything I've heard here, that's not at all what this is talking about." Just just so you know. And then I just went into teaching what this passage was, and because it was a prophetic text, and and it was really interesting because all of a sudden everybody just starts listening because the word and the message are powerful, but. My wrong thought about what all this is really doesn't matter a lot in the big yeah. scheme of things. I just remember I I listened as much as I could, and then I thought, okay, let's we got to talk. Well,
3: about. I remember I was at some event, and I, you know, a lot of times I'll open it up to Q and A, and most of them are, you know, hey, on that episode, did you really, you know, do whatever? I mean, it's like ten years ago. I'm like, I don't even remember remember that happening on the Duck Show, but. I remember one time I got a question. I guess some famous preacher somewhere. I don't. I don't remember who it was, but they said there was some controversy because he had made some statement about. Cause I had to get him to repeat it about three times before I tried to answer it. But it was something about because uh, evidently it just caused a firestorm on social media. But he had like tweeted or put on Facebook. He put. Uh, God doesn't change you when you come to when you come to Christ. God doesn't change you. He sees you as you were, or something like that. And they were asking me about that. I was like, "Now do what?" Now? <laughs> but and I really I don't know what I said in response because off the top of my head I wasn't sure what he was talking about. But when I I did go and and look it up and uh, and that's basically. What it was saying, because it was it was what I was trying to to share earlier. It was like somehow or another, you know. I mean, forget all the passages where our old self was yeah. crucified. Uh, We're a new creation. I mean, if I would have known what he was talking about, I would have said that's terrible. I mean, yeah, that, I I don't agree with that at all. But I just thought, why why would a preacher do? Because you know they know these verses. But then that's why it kind of hit me that just a lot of people, they want to love themselves in in a way that we're like, God is assisting me in loving myself. And uh, I just think that's a dangerous road to go down. Well,
1: let's take a break. So we talk a lot on this podcast about sleep. Uh, Jace, especially you, I guess after really? you, yeah, after you eat big meals, you're always uh, going to sleep. Yeah. Well, it happens. <laughs> so you got to have some comfortable place to sleep, but you also need to have some, uh, some really good sheets. And we have those because of a company called bowl and branch and they're fantastic. Lisa and I use these sheets long before they became a, a podcast sponsor. Uh, and, and I love what they say. Forget about thread count because you pay more money. For a higher thread count, but if the threads are not made out of the right stuff, you can go as high as you want to. you got to have quality over quantity, and that's what these guys do. Um, they're, they use highest quality threads on earth for a superior softness. They're 100% free from toxins. That means no pesticides, formaldehyde, all the harsh chemicals that you see in some of the other products. Best of all, Bowling Branch gives you a 30-night risk-free trial with free shipping and return on all orders. So you get a month to try these sheets. You're going to love them go to BolandBranch.com. That's B-O-L-L-A-N-D Branch.com. Use the promo code Robertson. They're going to give you 15% off your first set of sheets. So that's BolandBranch.com. Use the promo code Robertson uh, for a great night's sleep. Well, Zach, I mean, doesn't that really speak to kind of the whole sort of undercurrent of our culture now it's also self-absorbed and my pronouns and me and you got to recognize uh-huh. me for who i and i've got a crazy I, i'm gonna go around on my hands and knees like a dog it's and you become nonsense i mean it's just nonsensical yeah. it, it, but it's so self-centered it's so self-absorbed you know when you see these yeah. things and, and we all just we're at, we're so almost numb to it now it's so insane but I think that's kind of the whole culture. That's kind of what they're doing. So my, maybe even some people in the religious world are trying to buy into that. But
3: oh, I, I think they are. You know, I, I just think it's uh, I, I think it's a problem. And, and you know, when you read Romans one through three, it's—I mean, he made it pretty clear. It's not. No one's good.
0: No one's good.
3: No. And uh, you know, when he said a, a righteousness from God is revealed. In that pivotal verse in three twenty, I mean that we, we're 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 desperate,
0: we're doomed. Apart we're, from law, this one he he's said in that Romans three, apart from law, he said righteousness has come apart from law. Yeah, in other words, that, that's a meaning you're not going to keep the statutes and make it because yeah, you break them. I mean, you
3: remember when Paul in in then I think in chapter seven he said I know nothing good. Yeah, lives in me. I mean,
0: that's right.
1: Which is, so, you're what right. A rich, what a wretch. It's, it's wretched probably the I am. greatest attribute of the book of Romans is that, that he, he clearly says there's no, there's no way to get around doing this without God and that's without right. Jesus. I mean, it's you're, you're never. So you're right. It just kind of takes that out of it.
3: No, I think that's a big problem, and I do think it applies to what we're talking about in Hebrews, how you just, you know, if there's one thing saying – that you're your focus on jesus you know there's another thing knowing you know when you think back to that conversation he had with philip and thomas and when they're like you know where are you going and how are we going to know the way and show us the father and then we'll believe you know all these questions that we naturally as self-absorbed humans ask just just tell me what i need to know give me a map what are the requirements? I mean, you think about all these conversations Jesus had in the gospels, it was <laughs> they were asking questions we would ask. I mean, now what what, what are the, the most important argument. things yeah, yeah. that I have to that's do? That's right. Give just tell me what I got. Give me do. the top two and then give me a map. <laughs> yeah. And let's meet up and uh basically you're basically, you're basically the,
2: asking that what's the bare minimum? Cause I want to contain this whole thing. I want to control <laughs> it. I want my own I, I want to submit to you, but I want my own autonomy as well. And it, it, you, know, yeah. you know what the you know what the word autonomy means. If you break it down, it's, say it, it's a,
3: loneliness. It's a law,
2: <laughs> a law unto yourself. That's what that's what the word autonomy means. Yeah. And so when we come to God in such a way where we're the center of the story, where it's it's not going to work. You know, you mentioned it. I, I've heard it said like this, Chase, that it, we want we we treat God as a, like the cosmic <laughs> bellhop, and we ring the bell, and He's ready to help us, but we're we are forgetting that this, we're talking about the sovereign king of the universe. You know, we're talking about the, the sustainer yeah. of all things. That's why the book of Hebrews, like when it starts it, this whole book off, he sets it up with with doubling down and tripling down on the supremacy of Christ. And then he makes his case. But, I mean, we're starting with the supremacy of Christ, that in Christ all the fullness of deity dwells in bodily form. That's that's the idea that's central. You know what I mean? Yeah. Oh, I agree. Yeah. <laughs> The well, first a,
0: five statements, the first five verses in chapter eleven of Hebrews pretty well covers the whole thing. You know, so I them. I mean I am sure I, of what you hope I've, for, certain of what you don't see, this is what the ancients was commended for. He's fixed to talk about how they live by faith. But uh it's uh Well it's, it's a, a powerful text, you know. So Unless we talked, it, it is. It's probably my
1: about my one of my favorite chapters in the whole Bible, but it, it's uh it's one of those things that the timing of it, cause we've been studying this up to this point. And so now he's going to call on, cause remember this whole thing has been about this Jewish audience and this, you know,
0: you don't turn your back on Jesus. Don't, don't go back under the old system. These ancients didn't have near the information we have. <laughs> right. We yeah, have what, more information than they have. What I love about it is his, to me, and I'll give the big point before we
1: start breaking down the text, but he, he's saying that, look, even throughout all the stuff, and the system wouldn't save you, and the blood would of bulls and goats wouldn't save you, and the sacrifices and the priesthood, and all the stuff we've been talking about, Jesus is greater. He comes back and says, all these great people that you have heard about your whole lives and have been handed down through generations, these were men and women of faith under any system. That's right. They believed in God. And I think that's what makes it so powerful to me. Yeah,
2: I think well, the, let the me... question.
1: All right, go ahead. I was going to say the question that, that I think we could ask, though, that
2: is, is what is faith? And the reason why I love Hebrews 11, and I preached out this particular verse, I don't know how many times. In fact, the first time I, I preached at White's Ferry, I taught a class at White's Ferry Road. I was 26 years old, and I um, was introducing apologetics, which which means it's a, that's a defense of the Christian faith. And I'll never forget when I got done with the first class, I was giving evidences for the claim to the Bible And this lady came up to me afterwards and she like stopped me and like ran ran me down. I said, hey, Zach, 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 come here. She said, you got to stop teaching this. I said, why? She said, you are destroying the very foundation of what faith is. And I was like, what are you talking about? She said, faith is, is believing in something that you have no reason to believe it's true. And that's what she told me. And I was like. That's not faith. That's stu- uh, stupidity, you know. And, and we getting to argue. <laughs>
1: I'm like I Even lo-
3: though I, I yeah, that was, yeah, I agree with you, but that was, well, that was a harsh way to say. Well, I may have said it a little. But he was 26 years. I huh? was 26. I was,
2: you know, how cocky I was. But I love how uh, the Hebrew writer defines faith. Uh, and uh, y'all's translation I like better than mine on this uh, text, but it says, "Now faith is the assurance." Of thing, it's assurance of things that are hoped for, the conviction of things unseen. I think y'all might say the substance. Does yours say substance? No,
3: the King James I think says is the substance of things hoped for, and the what is that Certainty. version? No, I know the NIV, but he was asking the of. substance and the evidence of, things, of things not seen. Yeah, that's what it says. But, substance but, uh, of what you hope for and the evidence of things not seen. What is your I mean, say? Look, that Mine says faith is being sure of what we hope for and certain of what we do not see. I mean, look, I think
1: probably
3: a combination of them all.
1: <laughs> yeah, because they're all great I, words.
3: Yeah, but I mean, look, my biggest thing about this, because I've taught this as well hundreds of times, but I have more clarity because we've just spent the past month going through this book in detail here in the podcast and at home, you know, the night before, just in my personal reading. And you know what stuck out to me? Because I thought, I was like you, Zach. I thought, how do you define faith? Because I used to say this was the definition of faith, but I think it's the definition of faith in this context of where he's brought us to. And what I mean by that is, because you're like, well, how can you be sure of what you hope for or, or what is the substance of what you hope for? I, I like that word better yep. because, you know, I'm going to make the application. but And what is the evidence of things not seen? I mean, how do you see that? And so it kind of hit me that leading up to this, obviously he's been focused on Jesus as the new and better and perfect way. But and how he communicates. But one thing I also noticed that shouldn't be underestimated is when you start talking about the substance and assurance and certainty of things that you can't see, and how do we know God's real and how we know God's true? To your point, well, just look in the previous chapter. I'll I'll, I'll highlight two verses when like in ten thirty five he said, "Don't throw away your confidence; it will be richly rewarded." You need to persevere so that when you have done the will of God you will receive what he has promised so you he's he's referencing this something being promised he said it the same thing in in verse uh, 23 of 10 let us hold unswervingly to the hope we profess for he who promised is faith, faithful and going back to hebrews 6 I mean we, there's more references than this, but you remember when it said it's impossible for God to lie. And so when you think about what he's trying to say, as far as you not seeing this and you trusting and you having faith and you being sure and you being certain, you're, you're, you're banking on the promises of God and you see the evidence of his former promises yeah, because he's fixed to go through all this stuff. So, so I I don't think it starts with a, because a lot of people, you know, when they define faith, I'm not throwing them under the bus, but I'm just I'm throwing them under the bus. <laughs> they say it all starts hey, with. Hang on, uh, hang on, let's take a break. They say it all starts with thinking or or reasoning or no, it starts with God's promises. That you you find those you start looking at those then the the thinking can start and the reasoning and and the uh you know wading through or getting to know but it it's based on his promises and and there are many I mean just think how many that's why when I said he focused on Jesus well that famous verse when he said no matter how many promises God has made they are yes in Christ
0: mm-hmm. but what sealed the deal for me is. I watched the people who claimed, you know, I come out of the world. So I hadn't been running with religious people. So the first thing I noticed, and even in their children, they were very good. They were very good people. Mm -hmm. Well, I'd been running with bad people. When I saw good people, I said, there's something to this. Mm -hmm. I was a gigantic. Uh, opening for me, I ran into people who actually, you know, when Jesus said, "You'll know them by their love for one another," that's a powerful thing. That's the way you see Him. Well, I think it's because important because there has point. to be a reason yeah. why. Why, right now, look at the ones who are God fearing and they love each other and they love their neighbor in this world right now, and then look at the rest of them, the ones who do not love God and who do not love their neighbor. Just watch them. I'm like. Nope,
3: no, I think you're right. This though, right here helps my you, faith
0: when I see others who is living this out. They're not mean, and they're not cursing people, and, they, and you say.
3: I think that's in the category of evidence of things not seen. That's so, what i would say. Because you see people who have trusted in the promises of that God. That's Correct.
0: Through I Jesus, I, I haven't seen Jesus. I, I don't even know him yet. But I'm looking at these people, and I'm thinking. But don't you think that's I what believe you, they're helping win me over by the the way they behave? Isn't that what Jesus
1: meant when he told his disciples they'll know you by your love for one another? I mean, that's yep. how they'll well, see. Yeah. That's an
0: evidence. He's was the evidence of their life. What's well, their so. life and the way they respond. I said they don't mean. They're not trying to slicky. I said, you know, well, I said, I think- they're good. I told Miss Kay, by the way. <laughs> When I started first, after I repented, I said, well, I need to get around Christian people, you know. So I said, I'll tell you what I'll do. Somebody said, well, won't you work up there in this little school they're starting down the parking lot at White's Ferry Road. There's a school there. So I said, yeah. So the first introduction to Jesus was their children. And after about a week of, you know, I'm the physical education teacher. After about a, a week of that, the opening week, I told Ms. Kay, I said, these are the best kids I've ever seen in my life. I said, these are really good kids. They mind me. They're not hollering at me. They, mm-hmm. they, they, they participate. But you I, had taught and coached a little bit in public school as well. I, so, oh, I came so, out of public right. schools, you know, and then I ran for a while, you know, right. beard joints and all that. But then I finally saw the, the people of God's children. That's where it started and i said well, how could you get children to behave as well as these do i was surprised right. hadn't hadn't seen it you know yeah. i'd lived in a world where you know i'm looking at the, at the kids the way they behave but that was my first introduction to Jesus i saw him and, and them but what you know what i find interesting about that dad is
1: not cuz i was there but it didn't take long for you cuz as a fairly new christian to begin conversations with the handful of kids, mostly high school kids that were there that didn't come out of good situations. That is correct. Paul Stevens, who we've had on the podcast, Steve correct. Adam. So these kids didn't, they weren't. A couple, couple of elders
0: exactly. were in the making, but they were 15 when and I saw And so them. you
1: shared Jesus with them to tell them why these other ones were different. Yep. And it changed their lives. So that's right. I mean, which again is to the whole point of faith, which, you know, Jace, you were talking about that in Hebrews uh, 10 23. I like in the in the King James Version, it says, let us hold fast the profession of our faith without wavering. And I like that word profession because that's just what we're talking about. In other words, it's faith that is seen and then impacts, and and that's what happens without wavering, which I think
0: yeah, is good. Yeah, old Paul, yep. he, he, was a, he had a ponytail, but it reached his behind. <laughs> yeah. It was all the way. Oh, yeah. He had a hairdo well, no, he when I saw quite... him coming.
3: <laughs> it's always comical to me when you start, and he was a critiquing. future elder, and I didn't
0: know it at the time. Do what?
3: It's always funny to me when you start critiquing the way someone looks.
0: <laughs> well, I mean, I, I thought that, that, that's, that's quite the hairdo. <laughs> Guess what? Let's see if we can convert but him. No, dad no. didn't look like this,
1: Jay.
3: I know. Back then, dad was like, you yeah. know, GQ. But I'm saying 10 years later, <laughs> right. Paul should have came back and said, well, you got to look at Remember that it. time you talked about my hairdo? <laughs> yeah
0: yeah yeah be well, careful that, you, yeah, that's right you never know
2: i think the thing on hebrews 11 that's that you got to keep in mind and it like is that faith is knowable and you know the way i grew up being taught was i'd go to the preacher and with doubts or whatever and and that they would always oh, that's that's where faith comes in i'm like well that, that doesn't make any sense to me And i think that's a a flawed way of looking at it. faith is very knowable. and i love how jace described it because i've I've used the same kind of language that if we're going to talk about faith, we have to faith comes faith is a response to revelation and revelation comes from God. And what God is ultimately revealing is himself, his triune self, which always leads to life. So faith Mm -hmm. is when God gives you a revelation, when God speaks to you and you say, I believe you're telling me the truth. And exactly. when you do that, that leads exactly. to life. The opposite yeah. of faith is sin, which is calling God a liar and saying, "God, I don't believe you." And that always leads yeah. to death. So, I think that the, the first time you're going to talk about faith, you got to root it in first. Where does it? Faith comes from hearing the word Romans 10. Well, if All I'm right. going to hear the word, somebody has to speak the word, right? Who's going yeah. to speak the word? God speaks the word, and we hear. Yeah, it I was dealing up, with right?
0: children and, and, whom God loves, and and. They, and I was looking without realizing it, that I was also looking at who was training them, uh, good solid fathers, solid mothers. I was looking at the results of, w- without realizing it, their training had come all the way down to this. I mean, I, I was, uh, I would say the most impressive thing that I ran into as a young Christian was the behavior of the saints. It was a powerful thing. Which which says a lot about let's Now ha- I'm looking at them, the same little children now that I saw there in the 8th, 7th grade. They're our leaders in our yeah, church. They're leaders in the church. They're 60, 70 years old. Now man. they got grandkids. Yeah. Let's, let's take another break.
1: But don't y'all think that that's—Zach, you talked about that with Revelation. Wasn't that Paul's point in Romans 1— when even before the revelation of his word, Jesus come to the earth, he says by what he's made, the revelation of creation should be enough for us to say, there's gotta be something bigger than little o us. Because then he goes into that and described the behavior of people that go, that because of God's revelation of yeah. creation.
0: Yeah, because but, the same group, not only was I looking at their children, next thing you know, I'm I'm meeting with their mothers and fathers. and I'm you know, Dane Jennings, his dad, and all that Tommy Powell, he, the guy of the faith, Bill Smith. I was looking at the ones who trained them. you see what I'm saying, their children. And then it all began to just kind of fold fold it on itself. and all of a well, sudden seeing- all of a sudden, I was sure of what I had hoped for, and I was certain of what I didn't see. I said, I'm seeing the evidence, of something real powerful here. Mm. I've never seen kids act like this good.
3: Right. Well, that's why, you know, in Colossians, he said the mystery of the gospel is Christ in you. I mean, you see Christ in other people, but then it leads you down the road. You know, and you start getting in the word and connecting the
0: dots. Just think about it, Jace. If I had gone in among God's people and there's nothing to this Christian thing, you know, this Bible, get that out of my faith. Just think if they had been misbehaving and cursing me and not. Not not obeying instruction. Just think of what I'd have thought about the whole thing. That's how critical that was. You see what I'm saying, Al? Mm-hmm. I mean, just think if they'd have been just mean as junkyard dogs and cussing and carried on like the youth of America who haven't heard about God in about sixty to seventy years. Right. The ones who were wondering why, what's going on out there. This right here will work. I saw it with my own eyes. It helped convert me. Yeah.
3: Well, even though, you know, when Al mentioned that Romans 1, he, he kind of, when he got to verse 3, he says, by faith we understand that the universe was formed at God's command. And I think it's interesting that Jesus is the word. You know, when you go to John 1 and said he was with God in it's the like beginning. It's like your three questions, you, days.
0: Where'd this come? Well, yeah, Where did it come from? <laughs>
3: you go back to Genesis and you got the Holy Spirit. I mean, the first verse in the Bible. Holy Spirit's hovering over the waters, you know, and God said. so, And then he says, let us make man in our image. So you see this triune aspect of God working together, you know, in the beginning. But the point is what I brought up about the promises, when God says something, because in any relationship, you have to have trust and truth. Yep. I mean, if you if you tell your wife a bunch of lies when you're dating, you know, one's probably enough, but let's just say several. <laughs> I'm pretty sure that at some point in that marriage, it's going to get real bumpy. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> because it's just like, well, I thought you said, I mean, there. if you can't, if you don't know if someone's telling the truth, how can we continue? I mean, good or bad, just let me know where where we're at. But And so I think it comes back to that. It's impossible for God to lie. Because you got to remember, all these people were fixed to read about, and even the paragraph before in chapter 10. It, it's hard to trust in God, especially in difficult circumstances. I mean, when you go back to Moses and they're wandering around in a desert or whatever, and let's just trust God. And they're like, Look at you, we have nothing. We're out in the desert. We're lost. I mean, it's been years. I mean, it's just hard to trust and believe. And I think that that transitions to our lives here. I mean, it's actually harder to trust God when everything is, when you got, you know, a little money and things are going good. But that, so that has its challenges because you don't see a need. But then it's also difficult when you're looking around saying, well, nothing is going, there's no God. Look, I, I can't. I don't have enough money to eat, and I, you know, everything's falling apart around me. So, I mean, knowing that when God says something, and you put your faith and trust in that, I mean, to me, that is the bedrock of our faith. We don't have to see. I mean, it's just like this chair. I'm, I'm having faith that this chair is going to hold me up, but I didn't stop and think about it.
0: Well, you you know, the atheists atheists uh, say there was nothing. There was nothing when it comes to this, when we're at, about the cosmos. So we understand that the universe was formed. They say, here's what happened, there was nothing. And then there was an explosion and they've got nothing exploding so we can see it and be a part of it. This yeah. says by faith, we understand that the universe, there was that nothing, there was God there. But the reason you atheists are having trouble with this is that so that what is seen, they looking at the matter, the cosmos, it's a big one was not made out of what was visible God's God was there but that's what brought it all in they're just leaving out the catalyst of how the matter got there right well it, it, yeah. it came from somewhere and someone says, well they say the atheist says well nothing made it and we're like, well, we're saying God made it.
3: Well, but we're they, not that far off. But they're in a box because they say something can't come from first nothing. law. So, Matter so cannot of, be
1: created or destroyed. When you read that's that, that's where they went Bill, wrong. Right a lot, of,
3: a lot of highly educated people just turned it off because they're like, "Well, wait a minute, you're saying that something invisible made something visible? No, I didn't say that." That's what, it, that's what it says. Yeah. <laughs> and it says it's impossible
1: for him to lie. Yeah. But you know what I find incredible is in verse 2, he says, in the NIV, he says, this is what the ancients were commended for, the KJV says elders. In other words, what's even more incredible to they me. They didn't have near the information. No, and, and like they believed it just, again, what they looked up and saw. But here's what's interesting. All these years later, thousands of years later, everything we see only makes it more believable. I mean, the, uh, I mentioned this uh, recently. Let's take our last break. I mentioned this recently because I like to look out at these universe pictures. And so we had the Hubble telescope. It went up in 1990, orbits the Earth. It's looking out. We're seeing We a, thought we were seeing a long way. Amazing things. <laughs> well, now in 2021, they sent up the James Webb telescope but they send this one to the sun, so it's orbiting the sun.
0: Yeah, it took a while to get there. It
1: took about a month to get there. It went a million miles, and it can. it's 100 times more powerful than the Hubble. So now we're starting to get these images in, and you're literally looking at it. And the, And every time I see one of these images or these pictures come in, I was like, it's the in- incredible, awesome ability of God. When you see that as a person of – I don't know how you look at that and say, Wow, boy, we were so lucky. How'd
0: that I mean, come from
1: nothing? Well, <laughs> you, and you,
2: you see you see it in the reverse, too. The smaller that we're able to see things, and so we're getting down into subatomic <laughs> particles and quantum mechanics, and then you're like, whoa, this is way more complex on both ends of the spectrum than anything we could ever fathom on the bigness of it all and on the minute detail of how small it is. But it's obviously God is speaking. I love that you brought up Romans 1, too, because I think that's a key passage on when we're, uh, when we're talking about faith, because... Yeah.
3: I think we Go should ahead. read it. I think we should read because yeah, one twenty says the same thing. Hebrews eleven three says it says for since the creation of the world, God's invisible qualities. There it is again, Dad. I yep. mean, I think you have to. We've read this so much that you kind of lose the power of what this says. Actually, it's like do what now? <laughs> it it says since the creation of the world, His invisible qualities, God's. Invisible qualities, and I'll, I'll go back and read the two he references here, but it says, have been clearly seen. Well, how do you see an invisible quality? It, it's kind of like Hebrews 11, one. You're When you first read it, you're like, oh, yeah, that makes sense. And you're like, oh, wait, what? <laughs> faith is <laughs> faith being certain of what I don't see? That pretty much flies in the face of everything that I am and, and how I roll. Which is the opposite. You know, we were talking about how we are so self-absorbed earlier. Yeah. I mean, that's how we roll is we look around and say, yeah, I don't believe it unless I see it. I mean, I've said that a hundred times. Yep. You did what? Well, where's it at? You got a picture? <laughs> no. All right, I'm out. I don't believe you. <laughs> I don't believe you. <laughs> but he he, when he said those two qualities, it says you can see his eternal power. And divine nature. I, what did yours say, uh, Zach, on the Romans 1. Uh Same thing. Eternal, eternal po- power and divine nature. I mean, I'm not sure I have the mental capacity to describe what those two things are,
1: but. Well, you know why you don't? Because we have no concept of eternity except by faith because right. we're finite. And two, we're not divine because we're created men. <laughs> So that's why well, we have a hard. The thermal, that's why the that's only it, way you can yeah. accept this is by faith that He's there, because we have no relation point personally. Mm-hmm. Which is why you
2: know, I, our reference point is, yeah, our reference point is a temporal, spatial realm. Right. Meaning we we dwell in space and time. So when we try to fathom a being who created space and time, we're only going to get so far. And uh, the, your telescope example is, is prime evidence of that. However big we thought the universe was. It's bigger. And so, you know, when when we think about God's eternal power, the the reason why we can see it in creation, because no matter how far we can see, it's bigger. And that's God revealing his eternal, infinite bigness of himself through what's been made so that men are without excuse. But yeah, what do we do? We we, we take the obvious. This is sin. We take the obvious revelation from God. In this case, this is called general revelation that God generally reveals himself through what has been made, and we say, no, nah, we, we don't believe you. And so we reject that and then look at the futility and the stu- stupidity of what we do. We start to worship the things that were created. We start to worship the creation itself instead of the one who created yeah. it, which is obvious. <laughs> you know, that, that somebody made this. I mean, Aristotle ran up against this. All The, the great new green the deal passive. is
0: just the old green deal.
2: <laughs> well,
3: he, <exactly. laughs> <That's> a, <laughs> <laughs> cut that. that is the,
1: that's the yeah, uh, cut we're going to use for social media right there. Yeah. Well,
3: what I was going to say, though, is Romans 1, when he went on to say, he just said what you said, Zach, in 25, when he said, they exchanged the truth of God for a lie and worshiped and served created things rather than the Creator. But I want to reiterate, when it says the evidence of things not seen as, as part of our definition for faith in Hebrews eleven one. well, that's more evidence. I mean, you brought up one when you said, well, you see people's lives changed, and not that you could be wrong about that. I mean, because, you, you know, we've seen people there's all all of a sudden. I mean, people are pretty crafty, speaking of our prison ministries, but...
0: Not, gen- that, generally, not, not that many little children well, could ride right, that big.
3: Right. I, I was the same way. I mean, the first time I went to a bigger church setting, I thought, oh, wow, they, there's a lot of high-character people. That's that's what I was thinking. I, I was I put them into, these, these are high-character people. So I do think that's evidence, but I think the evidence here, this eternal power that you see in creation and his divine nature and, and knowing his word— Trusting his work because he he's the one that brought that up when he said the universe was formed at God's command, and I think of the very reason that we have a Bible here that the Bible has survived throughout history and has been the number one seller for however long. I think it it's does a, give you a
0: believable I, explanation. I think
3: it's an evidence of even though I didn't see the guys writing this, the more I read it, I just know they didn't make it up. It's the same way that you this see was that no in Dumbo
0: people. Who wrote this?
3: Well, it's what you see in people. It, it's something you don't really see, but you see. You you know that there's something happened to these people. They've been transformed in some way, and you just there. There's too many of them, and and I feel like the same thing when I read the word because I mean I've shared this many times before. When I first started reading the Bible, I was thinking in my feudal mind that I was going to debunk this. Because I wanted to go do whatever, I was like, "I'm not going." Some some old folk tale. Somebody found some letter somewhere, and we're going to follow that. That was my initial thinking. So, but as it's I come got a
0: long way, Jason.
3: Wow, well, no. But as I got <laughs> as I got to reading it, it just you know it, it blew my mind up, and I thought it just came, alive. yeah, it because it, cause it yeah, revealed I, it, a, it, a a person.
2: Well, there's a higher truth that's in this. I think the philosophers have debated this forever, but it's it's this idea that the really the the existence of, of God, his eternal power and his divine nature. I mean, the Bible does say here, Paul says it's been clearly seen and understood. So so on some level, everybody receives this. And on some level, everybody gets it at some point. And you think, well, how, how is that? What does that even mean? I mean, think about this. If if I'm going to prove that God doesn't exist, if I'm going to do that, I'm going to have to borrow from the things of God to prove that he doesn't exist. Meaning that if God doesn't exist, then all that exists is the material,
0: physical there's world. Enough, yet, there's enough I, evidence for one to believe. There's enough evidence. Well, I agree. Well, even the,
2: I agree. E- yeah, that's yeah. the point. That's his point. You can't escape it. Even rational faculties and the ability to reason; those are not physical things, right? That so when I use words like "I've determined that God's not real," well, hold on, you you determine. What does that even mean? You're now you're in a spiritual With all world. All these yep. texts. Well, you talk yes. about determining. You're believing a lie.
3: That's why I'm. Saying, I mean, look, me and your dad uh, Zach the other night, we kind of got in a little debate because he was going through all these evidences of uh, you know about creation and uh, and I was yeah. like, "Yeah, 100 percent agree," but because he was saying he was going to do a, I think we were talking about uh, the book idea, and y'all. Were, and I was like, "Yeah, but God chose, you know, the message of Jesus changed people's lives. That's all good." I, and what 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 started the debate or the argument is I said, "But you're believing their lie. You're you're trying to convince them of something that I've read in Romans one, Hebrews three. Oh, they know He made it." They've just set that aside and followed a lie because he's made it clear to them if we're going to believe this, which it was the first time your dad went, uh, yeah, that's, I, I see your hmm. point. Because <laughs> uh, I said, you're not going to out debate them. You're not going to out argue. That's what people. They, they've been trying this for 100 years. You know, they'll, they'll have a debate. Is the evidence, you know, let's go talk about that. Hey, they know he made it. They've just said he made it clear. If you're trusting what this says, but what happens is, just like all of us, when we wander away from God, you start believing lies, and then it becomes, you know, your conscience starts getting seared. And next thing you know, you don't even know if you're a man, a woman, where you're at, and you're you're in transition. Yeah, you're like, I I don't know what the heck's going on here. You're like, well, you believed a lie. And it has consumed you, that's and now point. you're on a bridge to nowhere.
0: That's yep. exactly right. Fast, that's, that's, yeah. well, we're on a bridge that, that has made, run out of ow, time. Wow,
3: <laughs> boy, that was quick.
2: <laughs> uh, uh, before we, but before we move into OT, yeah. I, I do want to read a short quote that I think is appropriate for this discussion. This is from uh, G.K. Chesterton. He said, "What is wrong with our civilization can be said with one word." And by the way, the the cure to this is is the whiz faith. Uh, It can be solved with one word, unreality. We are in no danger. We are in no danger either from the vices or the virtues of Vikings. We are in danger of forgetting all facts, good and bad, in a haze of high-minded phraseology. Hmm. And I think what he's saying there is like we're, we're at a place now where we're living in unreality. Yeah. Like, nothing makes sense. And what the what, what faith is, it's it's believing in the revelation of God. God is revealing the ultimate reality, which is Himself. And that's what we are to fold up underneath. And faith is responding to that with affirmation, saying, I believe you, God, that you have my best interest at heart.
1: So I, I thought that Pretty was well well end on before we move
0: into OT. Sure of what you hope for and certain of what you don't see.
1: Yeah. Let's let's unpack that a little more in our overtime. If you want to follow us over, it's blazetv.com slash